Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, everybody. It is Tuesday morning. It's 7.32 a.m. Mountain Time. God's time, as I like to say. We're We're... We're barely late, but we're within the air bar. You know, it's not that 15 minutes late or whatever. People know. Also, the the stream wasn't quite uh, set for us this morning. So we got to give it time to breathe just a second and get people in there so they can see uh, that it is going live. So all you people who have subscribed, um, the little notification, the push notification. So that way, you know, it's time for another episode of Broncos for Breakfast. Get that coffee poured, creamer, if you're the straight kind of black kind of guy. I, I love my dairy products. It's probably the Midwesterner in me. So I do, I do add a little creamer. But uh, good morning, Scott. How are you doing today? Good morning. It feels like Seattle out there. I don't think it's supposed to stop raining in Atlanta until um, Saturday. So by the end of the week, I think we'll see animals lining up in twos in my front yard. I've got a canoe. I might put it to some good use. Yeah. So it's uh, it's wet. It's wet. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to rain here this rest of this week, too. But in Seattle, it doesn't really rain the same. It's just kind of a constant mist. I think London and Seattle have very similar uh, weather, but it's going to be good. I'm. I'm definitely low uh, coming yeah, off. I, I haven't got a chance to talk about you guys. We get more cumulative water than Seattle. I bet. In Atlanta. We get yeah. more inches of rain because when it rains here, it rains. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, I know that everybody's probably a little bit down with the uh, the Broncos game on Sunday, but hopefully we can add a little bit of perspective now that we've had a chance to you know step away and uh, remove the super emotional reaction from it. And I won't lie to you. I'm still riding a little bit high from the uh, Iowa Hawkeyes beating the absolute pulp out of the Maryland Terrapins uh, this week. So, um, Maybe that I told you, I've told you guys a hundred times. I took off my Bronco fan cap and put on two Hawkeye caps um, at that point. So Hawkeyes versus Penn State this weekend is going to be lit. Uh, but let's get into it. Um, obviously, we're going to talk some Broncos Ravens today. What went wrong? What happened? Where do we go from here? And Vic Fangio as well. But this is, of course, Broncos for breakfast. You guys can follow Scott and myself on Twitter, Scott at Scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, while you're there, follow us at Huddle Up Pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. Guys, go to huddleuppod.com to get your swag on. I know that we got uh, Broncos for Breakfast merch in now. I got the the mug should be coming here soon. Oh, I got my mug ordered soon. on over the weekend. So I'll, uh, well, I'll still be drinking out of my Chelsea mug. This was direct from authentic, made in China, but I bought it in London. So, you know, my, my it, it feels more authentic that way when I bought it at the Chelsea fan store, but I'll trade it in. I, I'm going to use my Broncos for Breakfast mug for sure. We should, uh, I guess, if we have like good streaks going, you know, you got to keep the good mugs going and then maybe switch it out when the Broncos lose. I'm don't not... mess with a winning streak. If I learned anything, yes. it was from Crash Davis. You don't, you don't mess with a winning streak. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, also, guys, make sure you're following us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, as well as facebook.com uh, forward slash mile high huddle pod. Uh, guys, if you're joining us on YouTube today and gals, subscribe, like, and share. And also make sure you're following Scott's channel on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. And do you want to tell the people anything about the, hold on the one quest- sec. my, uh, my Facebook feed wasn't working. So I wasn't able to check out people like, uh, like Dave coming in and dropping stars already. So I wanted Dave. to refresh that. If you see me looking over here, 
Uh, it's because I'm checking out and making sure that I'm not missing the all coming in with stars and that type of stuff. So, Dave, mm -hmm. thank you for doing that early. Still loves Locke, even though he's upset. We get it. I, I speak semi-emoji. I'm semi-literate semi in emoji speak. So, but I yeah. get for that. For sure. And uh, anything uh, new going on as far as the giveaways, star content, uh, sweepstakes, et cetera? Yeah, et cetera, the, it, was, it was last night. Mark Johnson won the Justin Simmons jersey. Congrats, Mark. Um, Michael Ranquillo won a consolation prize, I believe. Uh, Christy won something on YouTube. And then this... Awesome. This month, I don't know what the overall stars number is. Uh, I'm not sure if it's been set yet, but uh, it's going to be uh, Patrick Sertan. So it's At number be a two, Patrick man. Sertan jersey. I'm glad that uh, Sertan, he, he left the game with a chest injury. I think we all saw that in the Ravens game, but it sounds like he's going to be fine. So we need him out there, and we should be getting Ronald Darby back this week as well. Looks like the Broncos actually maybe need some secondary help. So <laughs> as surprising as that sounds. So. Listen up, Broncos country. TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K, P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets. TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Uh, let's get let's say hello to everybody that's in here right now before we really get going. EJ's in the house. Good morning to you, EJ. EJ says, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Obviously, want to say hello to Dave again. Thank you so much for the uh, super chat stars, whatever's going on there. Uh, EJ also says, uh, let's beat the Steelers. Big Ben looks old. Yeah, Big Ben. I feel like Big Ben this year is like what we would have seen if Peyton Manning had played one more season. You know, it's like it was like last year. It's like, uh oh, this is not going so well. And uh, if Peyton would have come back one more year, that's what we're getting with the 2021 version of Big Ben. Have you watched much Steelers? I know that we kind of had it back and forth in the uh, off season as far as the viability of the Steelers. I just thought Big Ben. Yeah, was my, and mine was based more on you know feelings than than actual science and data. So yeah. you know, my my thoughts on the Steelers surround. Mike Tomlin, and basically yeah. they're always going to be good as long as they've got Mike Tomlin. Obviously, that's not the case, um, but I'm, I'm just a big fan of his. And they've been, you know, they're they're usually good a lot more than they're they, they're bad. And yeah. uh, you know, I think they're always a team to respect. And I just he he might be might be my favorite coach of all time in the NFL. Honestly, I just I, I I'm a big fan of his, so I like what he he's done up there. Good. Yeah, it's a, it's going to be a tough game this upcoming Thursday. We're all or this coming Sunday. Obviously, we'll get into it more on Thursday. But uh, mm -hmm. Broncos, most of the time they take the field, even though you know they had a down game. I would say against the Ravens, I would say they're most of the time going to be the best defense on the field. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case in Pittsburgh this week. So that could be interesting, especially uh, given the Broncos unknowns at the quarterback going into this upcoming game. But well, in the way the Broncos are dropping like flies, you never you you, you never know. I mean. 
It's tough. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. I don't know if it's someone's got a, a John Elway voodoo doll or what. You know, what, what's someone's got, you know, what's what's your mascot's name? I don't know your mascot's name, but they're Miles. It, it's like it's let's 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 get that thing, let's start sacrificing stuff. Let's let's make a call to the gods. This injury stuff's ridiculous. And some of it some of it now is uh is is forcible. Some of the stuff we saw this 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 weekend was on the dirty side, um, yeah. you know, Teddy Bridgewater going out, uh, Deontay Spencer going out. Those are, those are illegal hits. Man. You know, those are, that's different than, Oh, I landed wrong and twisted my knee. That that's not a freak injury. Those were illegal hits that cost you a couple of players on Sunday. Yeah. Nope. Absolutely. And that was that's college. I mean, at worst, it's a flag. That's a, the, in college, those guys are sitting out this game and, and part of the next one. Yep. No, that was uh not a great, not a great game overall. The Ravens are obviously a good team, um, maybe one of the better ones in the AFC. Uh, but we'll see how it plays out. It's just one game. We got what is it, thirteen more to go. So we're not gonna freak out too much about one loss. But it felt like a bad game. Um, Daryl's in the house. Broncos need to find a new backup quarterback. Uh, Daryl, I think you're probably your bet is made uh, for this season. So enjoy, I guess, enjoy what you have or control the controllables there. But uh, we might see Drew Locke this week and he might have a good game, but uh, we're going to figure out about the quarterback. You, you might not like Drew Locke, but who really goes in with a competent backup quarterback? You know, it's a starters league. And if the starter goes down, the season is significantly changed for pretty much every team in the NFL. That that That's everybody. Everybody wishes they had a better backup quarterback, unless they don't like the starter, then the backup quarterback should be the starter. Yeah. And then they don't like the guy that becomes a backup quarterback. But I don't think anybody feels real good about their backup quarterback situation. If they yeah. do, it's because they don't like their starter. Yeah, or they're a team that uh, invested in like a first-round rookie and they have that mm -hmm. like spot starter. Like I, I bet you the 49ers fans feel really good about their backup quarterback. Like right. that kind and of that's because they want him to beat out the starter. Yeah, you know, if this, exactly. If the starter's playing at a huge level, then they're like, okay, well, it's good. That's good. We'll wait for Trey Lance. Or, you know, in Chicago, the same thing. Yeah, we have Dave coming in. Um, Dave, I'm 100% with you here. It's very upsetting. Um, I have a bad case of Charter, Chargers quarterback envy. There's a reality out there that plays out where the AFC West has the two best quarterbacks in the entire NFL for the next decade. And uh, that scares me. But uh, hopefully that doesn't turn out to be the case. But uh, Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes look like about as good of quarterbacks as you're going to see in the league. And uh, Broncos are going to have to find themselves that or they're going to have to build a juggernaut roster around the quarterback consistently which is hard to do but it's going to be a tough uh, field to till uh, for the AFC West for the next decade with those quarterbacks well and, and real quick uh, Facebook user who we don't know who that is says the Facebook is having a problem getting on Facebook just in case I'm going to drop this uh, the link to the YouTube link in all of the chats so if you wanted to hop over and click on that, maybe you can you can watch it on YouTube and that would be OK. That That's fine. As long as you're with us, we're happy. You don't have to be logged in or anything, I don't think. Um, yeah, but that's the uh, that's the YouTube link for that. I just put in all of the, uh, in, the, in, the in all of the chat. So hopefully hopefully you can find your way over. And you know, Facebook user also says go Hawks. So um, I'm steering into that one because I'm looking for sunlight here after the Broncos let me down this week. Jeremy Sean says, good morning, fellas. Don't be trying anything funny. The last three seconds of this podcast. Did we do something funny the last time? I, I, I was racking my brain. I don't remember doing anything that was a little off the wall, but we had trouble kind of off the wall. So it might, there was I, that one I might show. not remember. Maybe it was that one show where we had trouble disconnecting because there was an issue with StreamYard, but uh, yes. I don't know. <laughs> I said, I'm That's not saying anything that I'm going to regret. Yeah. The, that one said, yeah, the, the Facebook one said it wasn't disconnect. I'm like, as far as I'm concerned, we're still live. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, Jason O'Neill, is there a disconnect between coaches and players? What happened during the game is I didn't get to see the game. Teddy didn't do well, and the coaches didn't help either. Um, the Broncos said, Lamar Jackson, we think you can't beat us through the air. We're going to play, you know, pretty basic coverage. We're going to give you guys some free routes, um, some space for that. We don't think Lamar can hit those consistently enough, and we're going to make sure that Lamar doesn't kill us with the ground game. And obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. Maybe they should have, cons- uh, I guess, relented a little bit of the ground game for Lamar, especially with the back injury. But Lamar hit those throws consistently. And uh, I feel like the Broncos also, I mean, it's really easy again, Captain Hindsight here, but the Broncos were running the football here. I got the data right here. Uh, 6.2 yards per carry. And the pass game was dreadful. Uh, Yards per pass, 3.5. Woof. Um, So we saw the first three (laughs) weeks, a lot of teams were stacking the box and saying, okay, we're not going to let the run game beat us. Teddy beat us. This week, it seemed like the Ravens were saying, okay, we're going to blitz. We're going to, we don't think that your offensive line can hold up long enough against that blitz to get those deep shots. And uh, we think you're, uh, we'll relent a little bit of the run game, but you're not going to beat us through the air this week with Teddy. Teddy had a bad game. Drew Locke also came in and did not play very well either. Um, but the run game, going away from the run game was a, a disappointment. That's one of those things. I think it was the, the week one game with the Giants where I said the Broncos needed to be almost stubborn about not going away from the run game. Even if it starts to feel like it's going away a little bit, you got to keep that balance. And that was especially true this week with two rookie or two, I guess, first time starting guards, the way they, how quickly they went away from the, the run game was really upsetting. And I, that's probably my biggest uh, disappointment in this game, other than the, I guess I'll call it theatrics coming from Fangio after the game, but uh, going away from the run game was upsetting. Well, Steve, we appreciate the stars also coming in. Uh, my, my feed on Facebook isn't refreshing. So uh, if I miss you, I apologize. We'll try and go through. It's, it's a fairly quiet in here. I think people are, on their Broncos for breakfast hangover right now. But, um, you know, if you look at the previous three games, getting back to your point, Nick, um, it's not like, you know, I've, I've used a reference enough times that people are probably sick of it, but the, the Broncos have been kind of a constrictor. You know, mm-hmm. if you look in the second quarter of the first three games, game was close, if not behind. You know, I think it was 7-3 in, in game one. It went, you know, pretty late in the second quarter. There was – it didn't start to get some breathing room until the second half. Yeah. So this is a team that tries to wear you down, tries to to squeeze the life out of you and tries to run the ball and use their defense and force you into making mistakes. That kind of went out the window with when Teddy Bridgewater comes up with a concussion. So it's like, I'm okay. It's 14, seven. That's okay. The Broncos have been behind before they've been in tight games in all of these games. They're not just blowing everybody out in the first quarter and then cruising. That's not how they've been playing. They've been, Mm -hmm slowly but surely extending their league until the fourth quarter. It feels pretty comfortable. So I'm okay with that. But then all of a sudden, what did I read? Five running plays in the second half with Drew Locke. You weren't that far behind. And you were running the ball really well in the first quarter. um, That I think you went away from who was probably your best player in Javante Williams and, and, and basically take him out of the game for you. And all of a sudden you're saying, you know, the, the 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 Ravens are saying Drew Locke, Drew Locke can't beat us. Well, nope. he didn't. No. He, he didn't. Teddy Bridgewater can't beat us. Yep. He didn't. I don't know if he would have. Maybe, maybe not. But the, you know, the track record of the sustained type of offense was pretty good. But they, they went completely away from that in the second half. Yeah. And if uh, you guys recall, and I'm sure Scott will recall too, coming into this game, I said, what was the, what was a key? I said, quick start. If you can get on the board first and then you can kind of dictate the game. Um, I think you got a pretty good chance against this Ravens team. Now, Lamar blew me away with how efficient he was passing still, but 
Uh, that Albert Okwebenam drop touchdown where the Broncos, I think first drive of the game would have been up seven to zero off the hoof. I mean, that completely, completely changed balance, didn't he? Kind of, kind of stumbled as the ball kind of flew, flew over him. Yeah. That would have completely changed the game. Um, you can, you already have seven on the board. Then you're feeling good. The Ravens might change how their defense looks. Teddy might be starting to get into a rhythm there. Cause Teddy had, I mean, as good as Teddy looked the first three weeks, this was a bad game. Um, he was missing throws. Um, his placement was not great. Um, he just didn't look comfortable. Well, um, and like I said, I feel like there was, there's been pockets of that in every game so far. Yeah. It's just, then he goes on a seven for seven streak and then the numbers kind of even out. Would he have been able to do that against this team? It's a different team for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we never got a chance to find out. So hopefully he's healthy and, um, and we'll come back and, and play in the next game against the Steelers. Yeah, no, I'm, um, we hope so, but we'll see. Um, if not, we'll get a chance to see Drew Locke. And as we said in this season, you the reason you keep a quarterback like Drew Locke, who is competent, maybe you know not a viable franchise quarterback, but somebody who can spot start in the very least, mm-hmm. um, is because you might lose Teddy Bridgewater for a game or two, and you feel much better about squeaking some games out uh, with a Drew Locke than a Brett Rippon, even though Rippon is you know they protected him and he's going to know or whatever. But um, you and with <laughs> the margins for error the Broncos have, yeah, exactly with the margin for error the Broncos have. That's what you need to be able to do. So um, we'll see here. Uh, Kareem Gomez, are we expecting any players to return from injury this week? Uh, it does sound like Ronald Darby is going to be back this week. Um, how much are you going to need Ronald Darby versus Ben Roethlisberger, who won't throw the ball past the sticks? I don't know. We'll find out. But um, it's good to have the depth there. You want to have those guys. I'm just poking fun at Big Ben. All of it's yeah. nice, though, to give the pass rush a little extra time and vice versa. Mm-hmm. It, you know, there's there's synergy there. We saw... Yeah. We saw both times on that on that Hollywood Brown long pass. There were there were five in the rush. That first one, that that diving catch. There were five in the blitz. It didn't feel like it because that pocket set up nicely, and all five of them were standing there on the wrong side of the their offensive lineman. And and Lamar Jackson had all day to throw, but that actually was a blitz. So you know, having a little bit more coverage, just like have, it, like I said, it works. They work together. You pressure yeah. the quarterback. You don't need to be as close in coverage. You get a little bit tighter in coverage. It gives your pass rushers a little bit more time. Neither of those things happened in the passing game against Lamar Jackson. He yeah. had all day. Whether you're sending five, four, he had all day to throw. And there's too much talent on an, on an NFL team to give any NFL quarterback all day to throw. Yeah, it was uh, an unfortunate game in that regard. Uh, the Broncos were really missing. Uh, I would say they were missing Bradley Chubb in this game. Uh, we'd. I Shelby Harris has been amazing against the run this year, but his pass rushing has been pretty much non-existent. I don't know if I think he's yeah, a wrist it's a injury. Different, it's a different type of rush. Though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, he's been great against the run, but they're not running the ball in a, in a traditional fashion. It's, no. it's speed. You got to have speed, mm-hmm. you know, having a, a typical three, four with, th- with three, 300 pounders up there. And you got a half a ton and your three, four defensive linemen. That might clog up the front, but you better have some speed to get to the edge. And yeah. you know, on uh, that Latavius Murray, Murray touchdown, uh, Jonathan Cooper ducks inside and turns and runs. Latavius Murray goes right by him. Alexander Johnson's in pursuit, and they didn't have a chance. They did not have the team speed in order to get to the edge. Now, Cooper should have done a better job of making up for his lack of elite speed and setting the edge better. He got sucked in. And then tried to mirror his running back on the on the run the run option, and couldn't catch him. Yeah. But there was a a lack of overall team speed in your linebacker position right there that, that cost you against against the Ravens. So yeah, that's that's something that 
there was a major disconnect, I would say, last year um, with the Broncos fans and like what the team is actually built at for linebacker and what the linebackers they'd want could bring. Um, like people are looking for a Luke Geekly like coverage backer, and I didn't see that in the class last year. But the Broncos don't really have a sideline to sideline coming downhill sweeper type at the linebacker position either that could really help against a team like the Ravens, where uh, sometimes when that linebacker is wrong, they're still right because they have enough mm-hmm. makeup speed to get to that edge. Maybe not against Lamar Jackson when he's healthy still because he's just. Yeah, but Latavius athlete, but... Murphy on a run pass yeah. option, you can exactly. you can slow them down enough that your 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 Mike gets a read and he can get to the sideline before that he can turn it up because they yeah. they had no chance on them. But the Broncos defense, they were outmanned on that play. Yeah, and I want to get to this real quick. Corey Hills, um, obviously, if you're going to Denver, uh, you got to check out uh, if you have the the means, um, either Elway's or Shanahan Steakhouses. And uh, I've been to Denver a couple times, and uh, obviously being from Iowa. Most of the time, I'd go up to Estes Park and do some mountain things. But um, in Denver, I always enjoyed going to the Great Divide Brewery um, and get myself a, a couple of different versions of the Yeti Stout. So uh, it's good times. Hope you have a good time, Corey. Um, Bama X saying I'm a man and I can admit when I'm wrong. That's uh, that's a good step. Uh, I was wrong about Justin Herbert. A lot of people were. It's all good. Uh, we got uh, Luke Colts. Luke Colts. I think we need more solid wide receivers and cornerbacks. Broncos went into the season about as good as they could be at wide receiver and cornerback. It's just the injuries. I've killed him. So I'm, I don't know. It, it happens sometimes. Uh, Django coming in. Uh, Sup, guys. I hope we draft a dark horse quarterback next season and fire the coaches that need to be fired. Um, just one game. Uh, I'm pretty disheartened about what we got from uh, Vic Fangio after the game, you know, complaining about the 100 yards from the Ravens when, when the Broncos also used, I think, three timeouts in the last 30 seconds of the game. Um, and I think that's very much a. Uh, I've been a staunch, not staunch, but I've defended Vic Fangio pretty consistently in the past. This feels like a deflection for me. Um, let's we're going to make this uh, the end of this game about something else, not about how our shortcomings and how we failed the fans in this team in the biggest game they've had in a while. I think I think it's a deflection. It's petty. It, it's petty he made too. it personal yeah. and he made it petty. And it looks like sour grapes when you're on the end of a beatdown. Yep. Um, it's it, it makes you think that. You're just not – it just makes me feel like you're not cut out for this job. Yeah. I mean, that that's the way – I said that – who was uh, the Wisconsin coach that came down to Arkansas? Rob, uh, Brett, Brett Bielema. Brett Bielema. Brett Bielema was up at Wisconsin complaining about Ohio State Urban Meyer recruiting too hard and breaking some mm-hmm. of the gentlemen's agreements that we had in the Big Ten. I'm like, and you're going to the SEC? Good luck. You're, yeah. you're not going to make it, man. This isn't for you. And – when you're turning this game around, when you were pretty well dominated about something like that, about a five yard running play, we see people run out the clock all the time with just a dive up the middle. I mean, mm-hmm. big deal. Um, I thought, I thought John Harbaugh handled his press conference extremely well. And I was, I was disappointed. I don't, I certainly don't have the emotional attachment and the the long running bias of, positive or negative feelings against Vic Fangio, but that was not a good look for him at all. Yeah. It's just petty is a great word. Um, deflection was one that came to me. Like you have to answer some questions and uh, the Broncos, why did, why did it look this poorly? What was the game plan? Did you, did was your game plan the wrong call? Like neutering. I feel like they neutered the pass rush somewhat to really contain Lamar. And maybe sometimes well, you kind of have to do that, but you, it didn't work. If you look, if to me, if you look at the entire game plan, and the way the results ha- happened, where there it was almost like, by God, I don't care if we win or lose this game. I'm, I'm exaggerating. Yeah, I don't care if we win or lose this game. We're going to break this 
GD streak right here. It's going to end. They're not going to they're not going to do this against us. And instead, Lamar Jackson goes out and throws for his second highest game in his career yeah. and torches you on offense. But by God, we didn't give up those hundred yards until that last play. And you saw his reaction. And it was almost like that meant more than the game itself, which is uh, personal, petty. Yeah. And it wrong was, thing to uh, hang your hat on. It's, it's wrong. It, it was wrong. Yeah. I like Kareem Jackson. It's just, he's like, man, I don't. It's, I don't give a is what he said. I don't care. We got beat. That's what matters. And yep. we need to be better. That's what matters. Yeah, and unfortunately for the Broncos, both their uh, starting safeties were two of the lowest graded players, um, according to Pro Football Focus, in this last game. Um, Justin Simmons with the 36.2 tied for the Broncos worst grade. Um, his coverage grade of 29.6. There's obviously say, most of his was in coverage because yeah. Kareem Jackson is a scary man in run support. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's a scary man in run support. I uh, wanted to hit Andrew real quick. Let's do it. Um, he came in with the stars on Facebook too. I says, why do the refs constantly swallow their whistles whenever we play the Ravens? I um, <laughs> I hate that. And, and some of that to me, there's a difference between, all right, these guys are letting this play too much. They're getting away with holding. They're getting away with pass interference. But when you start endangering players, something's wrong. Something's yeah. wrong. Uh, and whether or not you agree with it, because I, I was showing that hit on uh, to my, I've told you all before, one of my, one of my baseball dads played eight years in the league and he's my age. So, you know, Basically, anybody my age and anybody that played in the league and lived through all these big hits is like the NFL soft now. Is it soft or not? You cannot touch the quarterback's face. Yeah. Not from his chin strap up. You cannot touch his head. He got hit in the face. He got a concussion. That's a that's a penalty. Yeah. Any three ways about it, that's a penalty. Um, we referenced the phrase hospital ball last week. And I said that those those plays were basically made illegal. You, you're not allowed to hit a guy who's not looking when you throw him in a truck. Now, he didn't leave. He didn't. Teddy Bridgewater threw that ball under duress, got the ball away, sees an open man. He doesn't have time to see in the coverage. He sees a guy who's trying to get it away. But that is a hospital ball. Yeah. And that's an illegal hit that you're not allowed to do that. They're, they're, that's that's targeting. That's defenseless receiver. That's all of it. That's endangering players. That's a problem with the NFL refereeing yesterday. Yeah, not great. Uh, yeah, not great. Uh, this one, the Broncos were just so severely outclassed, though, that like it's yes, the Ravens probably got away with a little few hits here or there. But Broncos had a few good hits on Lamar as well <laughs> after when he was running, trying to punish him a bit. And uh, the Broncos, it wasn't the game wasn't within a small enough margin where like one or two calls like that made the difference, in my opinion, yeah. I mean, maybe, but. No, and I, no, I'm not talking about the game. I'm talking. I'm just, you know, going into the question about Andrew Lampy's. Why do they seem yeah. to to swallow their whistles? And I'm like, you know, you normally see that with the holding and getting away with pass interference. But when yeah. you're starting, when you're going head hunting, that's different. And I don't think the OA hit on on um, Teddy on Teddy was was dirty. I don't think that was dirty. That was just unfortunate. You know, he's six foot yeah. six and comes in and you know he, he hits him hits him high. The the hit on Spencer that's that's dirty. That's illegal. You're not allowed to do that. That's yeah. that one. That's a dirty hit. Yep. And uh, I know that the pro football focus grades aren't the end all be all, but I just want to circle back here. Broncos abandoning the run game when they have two offensive linemen against a blitz heavy team. Um, and you're running the ball as efficiently as you are. Natain Moody. Everybody's been, Oh, like, who can we bench to start Natain Moody? Natain Moody comes in with a 3.0 out of 100 pass blocking grade in that game. He was very bad in pass blocking, but a three 
out of 100. I've never seen a single grade that bad in my life. It was rough. It was a rough game for Moody. I've, I haven't been as high on him as some of the other mile high huddlers from what I've yeah. seen. He, he just isn't moving laterally that well. No. Um, you know, so thinking that he's going to come in and be the answer. I'm not sure where that's coming from. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't personally seen it. Um, I'm not saying he doesn't have a bunch of potential, but right now I think he's a liability and you do not want him as your uh, to be starting. Yeah. Um, love to be wrong. Those are the kind of things I like to be wrong about. Um, but that's how I feel right now. A three out of 100 is absolutely <laughs> terrible. Now, Clayus Campbell had him like Clayus Campbell's arms are like in whole arm length longer than Moody's. Um, but still, that's that's concerning. Um, Derek Player coming in. Any update on Chubb? No update on Chubb that I've heard. Um, I think I put the bye week as a check-in on Chubb time. He might come like a week before that. Um, he might come down the stretch here. But the Broncos have uh, one game against the Raiders, two games against the Chargers, two games against the Chiefs after the bye week. That's when you're going to need Bradley Chubb. And I know that a lot of people are – Malik Reed's a fine edge rusher, but you are taking a step back in what you can do uh, with a Malik Reed to a Bradley Chubb. So um, hopefully he'll come back and be healthy, and that can really give you a big boost to that defense down the stretch because the pass rush has been outside of Von Miller, Draymond Jones, Von Miller have been good. Haven't got it from Shelby. Malik Reed's been, he's gotten some sacks, but he hasn't been a consistent pressure player. So hopefully it'll get better. Michael coming in here, Michael Ronquillo over on Facebook. Thank you so much, Michael. And I believe the stars here too, because uh, obviously he wants to win, win some more. Um, good and, morning. And if not, Michael, you, you do enough across all the shows that you get us. We're going to call you out whether we can tell or not. And I can't tell. There's not a lot going on on Facebook right now, and that's probably a residual effect from the Facebook outage yesterday. Um, yeah. We mm. certainly appreciate you being here. So just wanted to say, hey, and congratulations on the medium blue Justin Simmons jersey, I believe, as I was watching the chat last night. So uh, congratulations, man. You deserve it. Yeah, no, I uh, totally agree with you there. Um, thanks so much, Michael. We got Leroy coming in here saying, I'm sorry, but Coach Fangio doesn't blitz enough for me. Knowing in the world I would have let Lamar Jackson hang in the pocket and pick us apart. Just tired of this coaching staff time for a change. I think I'd take a step back there, Leroy. There's plenty of reasons to get upset with Vic Fangio, um, but I don't think the good teams don't have to blitz to get pressure. You, the, the Goldilocks zone for defense is getting pressure with four and being able to drop seven. And uh, the Broncos decided uh, st strategically that they were going to say, Lamar, you're not going to beat us with your legs. You're going to have to beat us through the arms. And we don't think you can consistently find the open guy and make the right throw. They bet wrong. Um, and you saw that start to change down the stretch. Now, is this because the Broncos are uh, so injured on the defense? I mean, you're missing guys literally on every single level of the defense. Uh, good starters, maybe. Um, but Lamar puts you in a unique situation. Um, from a defensive scheme point that no other quarterback in the NFL does. So uh, I'm willing to give from a scheme perspective here, uh, the benefit of the doubt to Fangio. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll see better next week against the Steelers. But, you know, sometimes I think you said it too, like the Broncos, maybe they were better team or whatever, but Lamar was the best player on the field. And sometimes the MVP like that is going to flex. And uh, he had a game like that. So yeah, on, on Saturday night we were doing predictions. I said I think that Denver might be overall better day to day. Not on any given day, yeah. any team is better. But you know, on a long enough timeline, I think healthy, healthy mm -hmm. again. I think Denver might be better than this Baltimore Ravens team. You cannot let Lamar Jackson be the best player on the field. It's not easier said than done. The guy's yeah. a superstar. Mm -hmm. uh, he was the best player on the field, and it, it, it and he and he beat you. That's going to happen. Yeah, and I feel like. 
again, the Broncos, they lost this game, but it was only 23 to seven. And this game's defense did not play like the best defense in the NFL. But the issue for this game isn't the defense. The issue for this game is the offense. There's going to be a point. We said it all season. We said the first three games, maybe it's not the case for the Broncos where the offense isn't going to have to keep up. You're going to have to keep up with the Ravens, the highest proficient offense the last three years combined. Um, And this was a game where the offense only put up seven points, not efficient, not extending drives. I think they had 10 punts on the game. Um, The fact that the defense only gave up 23 points is actually pretty surprising. Uh, I think they were outs. uh, I think the Ravens also had almost 15 more plays than the Broncos too. So um, 23 points isn't great, but when you're only putting up seven and you're that inefficient on offense, it's hard to do anything. It's very much deja vu for what the Broncos teams have been the last few years where defense is eventually going to wilt because the offense is not getting it done. On our gambling numbers, I had the under. I missed I missed Denver. I said, but I feel good about the under on this one. I had the under by seven points. Um, you just, you didn't know. Again, I'm, you don't know is, is the red zone problem right now. Was it almost designed because there was no urgency or yep. was it because they're, they're struggling? And when you got two guards, two rookie guard, two new guards <laughs> on the offensive line, it's going to be even harder to get yourself out of short yardage situation. Now, one of the comments I wanted to touch on that I saw in the chat last night was about screen passes. Um, now, I, I absolutely agree that I think they gave up on the run too early, but I watched Denver try and come out with a couple of screen passes, and I watched uh, who's a Bowers and then the other edge, uh, Adofa Owe, Owe, Jason, you know, I'll call him Jason for right now, Owe come in, and they were in the quarterback's face so fast that they couldn't even set up a screen. So the athleticism on that front by Baltimore almost negated the screen pass. So maybe you go to a wide receiver screen to some of those big, big wide receivers, but we saw that. I don't like it on third and 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you do that a little early, but I did see a few screen passes and they got blown up quick because you didn't even have time to set it up because the, the Baltimore defensive front was so athletic. And I think the, the guy I compared OA to, um, was LeBron James. <laughs> like, who else is this type of athlete at that size that I can even think of? 6'6, yeah. 250 pounds running in the four threes with a 40 plus inch vertical and an Elkone and 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 shuttle time like a cornerback. Uh he, he's a absolute freak in nature. Uh and Nick, like I said, I like seeing him go around the edge where he yeah. got his first sack. I don't want to see him coming back inside unless you free him up. He's too fast. Maybe a delay stunt. Otherwise, yeah. Turn him loose. He got I love the sack uh, coming off the left end against right the right tackle. And I don't think – was that Massey? I'm not sure Massey yeah. laid a finger on him. Yeah, that's the fact that you have a guy with the body type that he has, with the athleticism he has. Those are my favorites. The guys who can – are big enough to play uh, – nine, athletic enough to play nine technique and reduce all the way down to like five and three. <laughs> Chef kiss, man. I love it. That's why a big reason for this upcoming draft. I'm huge – I'm a huge fan of uh, Aiden Hutchinson at Michigan – and uh, George Karloftis at Purdue, you know, those six foot five, 265 to 275 edge rushers. You can do a lot with those guys. Um, Lawrence coming in. Ah, I missed a lot. I'm going to have to go back. Good morning, guys. Uh, good morning to you, Lawrence. It's okay. We're just uh, kind of hashing out here. It's it's good vibes. I mean, the Broncos may be lost, but like I said, guys, one game, um, the Broncos going to go undefeated. Nope, <laughs> they were not. And you knew that. I mean, we kept saying it on here, like Teddy Bridgewater is leading the league in completion percentage over expected and EPA per play. He's going to regress. It's going to happen. He is not the best quarterback in the NFL. He maybe can finish the season top 15, top 10. Still, I mean, there's just one game. 
Uh, but the Broncos are going to stub their toe at some point. This was a wake up call game. Um, now it's really on this coaching staff, the leaders in that locker room to, you know, uh, rally the troops and say, okay, we played, we, we had a stinker. It's going to happen. We're going to move on. Um, and we got Zach H saying, uh, true. If, if our guys lose morale, we're going eight and nine. Um, well, luckily for the Broncos, they already have three wins in the bank. Right. Um, so it'd be and pretty that, hard. And that, that's my point on this. You get that three and O cushion. Would you say Denver's at least a 500 team should be right. They should be. You yep. go 500 the rest of the way, you're 10 and seven. That's playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now let's roll the dice and see what happens. Try and get yep. everybody healthy come January. Um, but that, that three-game cushion, that helps a lot. You, like, it, the basic math on that, 10 and seven should be a playoff spot. And, you know, even if you win one extra one, 11 and six. Where's my head this morning? 11 and six looks yeah. really good. So, um and I think it may have been Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Sean, that, that that said earlier before he got into a, a verbal spat with a guy I, I put in a five minute timeout because he was annoying my f- chat feed here. Uh, it's not that you lose; it's how you lose. Yeah. You know, when when you're sitting there, when you're mad that everybody's saying they haven't played anybody, wait till they play the Ravens. We're like, all right, we're gonna play the Ravens, and the the Ravens are the bullies, and they come in and bully you, and basically. Everybody who says you weren't ready just gets to smile about it again. That doesn't matter at the end of the day. But right now, after a game like that, you're like, son of a, you know, here I was thinking, you know, they, they were right. And I don't like being that wrong. So, yeah. and, and that that's what's hard about it now. But that all goes away in a week. You yeah. come out of the Pittsburgh game four and one, it's all forgotten. Now you're four and one. Forget about it. Yeah, so, no, I totally agree next with game. you there. Hundred percent. Um, and yeah, we need to win this week. That's absolutely correct. Especially then getting momentum with the Raiders coming to Denver the week after that. But uh, going to Pittsburgh is going to be tough. And, um, and welcome back. I hate simps. Uh, just remember, this is a Broncos podcast, and and please be respectful to our users. And you're welcome to come in here and talk Ravens with us. Uh, so the mistake people make is thinking Lamar can't throw and loading the box will stop him. Lamar's got a fantastic arm. This this might be your first time in one of ours, uh, but I I've said. He's the closest thing that I've ever seen to Michael Vick, where mm-hmm. you've got a guy who's the best athlete on the field playing quarterback, and then he's got a flick of the wrist 60 yards. Yeah. It's not the prettiest throwing motion in the world. That's okay. Um, you know, Phillip Rivers, I still can't believe he's a quarterback. The way he throws a ball, it's just weird. You know, I grew up with Bernie Kosar, you know, guys that just you wouldn't ever think are a quarterback that were, were really good. Lamar Jackson is an MVP for a reason. And you're not going to be an MVP being Taysom Hill. You've you got to be able to throw the ball. And he is a he is a good enough passer to be an excellent quarterback. And and he sh- he showed that on Sunday. Yeah. And I want to get to Leroy here. Uh, can I ask you this? If we lose to the Steelers the way they play football right now, the season is over. I in his opinion, you still got twelve games left, and you'd be over five hundred. Now, what makes it really difficult is that the AFC West looks incredible like this Broncos team. I have zero qualms about saying they'd be the winners of the AFC South. Just absolute trash division. Um, terrible. Um, the leaders but, just lost to the jets. Yeah. God, terrible. Um, but the AFC West is really tough. So maybe, but you'd, you'd still be over 500 with everything you want to accomplish still within your grasp in front of you. So um, you'd have to rally the troops, obviously. And this is a big win, but um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Broncos ban- bounce back in this one. Also, I wanted to get to this one from Martin because uh, I think this is an interesting point as well. And I kind of hinted at it earlier, but I wanted to circle back um, from Martin from, on Facebook. Thank you for joining us this morning, Martin. 
Uh, Harbaugh brought pressure all day and totally nullified our offense. On the other hand, once again, Fangio continues to bring no pressure game in and game out. And that drives me nuts. There's something so romantic about the blitz that I just don't, maybe it's because I, again, I, everything circles back to Iowa, but um, the Iowa Hawkeyes rarely blitz and they haven't given up more than 24 points in a game and 27 games in a row. Um, they keep seven back and they pick you off all day and cause they can get pressure with four. That's, that's when magic happens on defense. That's what's romantic to me is pressure with a front four. That's oh, man. if you can get pressure with a front four, you are a dangerous defense. Doesn't matter what else that goes on behind you. It, yeah. Everybody else is going to get better if you can get pressure with a front four. Yep. And uh, I feel like there is something to say about your personnel with the Broncos they have right now. Like Alexander Johnson, third and five. Is he going to be better dropping in space and playing, you know, a hook zone, or is he going to be better blitzing an A gap? You know, there's something to be said there. But I just think. Not it. There's different ways to play great defense, and we know what Vic Fangio's scheme is. If you're blitzing, you're not playing as much of the the two high shells uh, that you see pre-snap, and it's just it, you know the integrity of what you're trying to run there kind of falls apart. Um, so I, I wanted to circle back, though, about Harbaugh bringing pressure. That's Wink Martindale bringing pressure, the defensive coordinator, one of the higher blitz uh, rate guys in the NFL. I think we're going to see teams. We saw the first three weeks, teams are like, okay, Broncos, we're not going to let them run the ball. We're going to make Teddy beat us. All right, that's fine. This week they said, okay run the ball. We're going to take away the big plays that Teddy Bridgewater has been getting and get pressure on you with blitzes. Broncos are going to have to figure out something now. Cause now there's a blueprint out there and you bet your butt that had every single defense they're going to go against going forward here is going to say, okay, look how bad they looked when uh, that offensive line was not able to handle the blitz. They weren't able to, to communicate very well. Now you're not always going to have two essentially first time starters at the guard position, making it tougher. Also, Teddy's not typically going to be as poor as he was in this game. It was the low game for him, but, um, you're going to see teams definitely come out and try to mimic what the Ravens did. And the Broncos and Shermer are going to have to go back to the tape and figure out, okay, what are the answers now? Because now we have more questions uh, given what the Ravens put on tape against this Broncos offense. Well, and, and to that same extent, I think that, you know, I watched the Detroit lions have success, but they were getting pressure with their front four and dropping seven into coverage. And they were just building a net around Lamar. So they were containing him. Mm -hmm. Um, In this case, even if you were containing Lamar, his receivers were getting free. So, and, and catch and catching the ball. <laughs> like yeah. I said, uh, you can't game plan around Marquise Brown dropping three pretty easy passes. That's, that's not sustainable. And it wasn't, you know, he, he picked it up and made up for it. So um, yeah, I, I, I believe in pressure um, again, but you, you've got to be able to set the edges. You, you almost need pressure up the middle and be able to set the edges in order to contain Lamar. Um, but not getting pressure, even when you're rushing five and taking a man out of coverage is that that's a recipe for disaster. And Lamar had a great game. He, he, he was the best player on the field. You're not going to, you're going to have a hard time beating the Ravens when Lamar Jackson plays like the best player on the field. Yeah. And again, I, we were talking a lot about the defense cause we have such high expectations for the defense, but this is a game where the defense didn't play amazing, but you're not always going to come out there. Like the, the expectations for all oh, the best defense in the NFL. Like I think people maybe were still too close to that 2015 defense, which was historic. And I've said on here a million times, you know how hard it is. There's a reason it's called historic, right? Like it's once in an organizational history that the Broncos had a defense that good. Um, if, if once, if once, yeah, if you're exactly. lucky to get them once. <laughs> yep, exactly. So um, that's the issue uh, with, you know, expect expecting a defense that good at some point, the onus is going to fall on the offense to get it done and answer when the defense wilts. And uh, this was a game where the offense put the defense in a bad situation all around, but the offensive line was bad. Uh, the receivers uh, left wanting as well. I mean, Noah Fant with 
uh, 10 targets, six receptions, but only like 40 yards on those six catches against Rave, two Ravens linebackers who have been struggling overall. I mean, you don't want to see that. Albert Okwebenon with a drop. Um, the only guys in the offense, I'm really saying, you know, good job to. I thought, actually, I will say, I thought Lloyd Cushenberry was good considering the circumstance around him was bad <laughs> with two new guards. I thought he actually was competent, which is as good as I can say about Lloyd through his career so far for Denver <laughs> and both running backs were great um, overall. So I'll say that. And also I wanted to say we had somebody mentioned it on here. Caden Stearns looks like the Broncos got a good one in day three of the NFL draft. And I know that cream Jackson is somebody that a lot of the fans like he brings a lot of energy, but um, if the Broncos want to save, you know, two, 3 million this off season and get younger on the defense, faster on the defense, I think 2022 Caden Stearns looks like the guy who's lining up to be that starting uh, safety off opposite Justin Simmons, and not uh, Jamar Johnson. So Caden had a great game. Excited to see that. And it's great to get more depth, youth, cost control players on that back end of that defense going forward. I like I like Duke's question coming here. Why don't we get a bigger D-line that can push the inside? Because those guys are hard to find. Yeah. <laughs> They're, uh, well, it seems easy enough. And it seems like you've been going against a lot of them. You know, 300-pounders with agility, they, they get paid a lot of money. They're, th those guys that are those guys that are doing that that are getting pressure from the inside that can get pressure with a front four that don't need any help they're going to be one of your top three highest paid players on your team um they're they're hard to find and if they're available they get drafted high there wasn't one of those guys available i think christian barmore was the highest drafted interior type of guy and he went did he even go first round? I think he went late yep. first. He fell to the second. He fell to the second. Yep. So, you know, there wasn't anybody available in this last draft. That's how crazy it is to find. I mean, we, we take it for granted as football fans, but getting guys between six foot and six, three, that are 300, 300 to 320 pounds that move like middle linebackers. They're pretty rare. You know, that's yeah. a, and, and if you've got the chance to take a guy like that in the draft or someone pops up to you in free agency or you get lucky, then you keep them. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll use Grady Jarrett for an example. Um, you know, the old saying in basketball, old, old saying was, if you're going to miss, miss on a seven footer. Um, it, it, for me, it's almost like if you're going to miss in the draft or free agency, miss on a 300 pounder with, with good athleticism or missed on a four, three receiver. Let's, let's miss on a guy with speed, but miss on somebody that's got the, the plus attributes, but those, those, dude, those guys are hard to find. They're, they're not, it's not that easy to do just to plug and play. Um, you know, you're lucky you've got a few. The Falcons have one in Grady Jarrett right now. He's still considered undersized. So yeah. um, I, I appreciate the the thought because I always, you know, Nick Nick and I all go back and forth this, on this all the time. You get me a good defensive lineman, I'm happy in the middle, in the second, third, fourth round. You know, best player available, whatever, in the top. But second, third, fourth round, you get me a good D lineman, I'm happy because you need a bunch of them and they're hard to find. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, it's really... I almost want to throw this game out from the Broncos defensively um, because of how difficult it is to scheme against Lamar Jackson with how much window dressing they do and how much that can neuter your pass rush. Uh, schematically, you know, these guys have to stay home and stay disciplined, and that makes it really difficult to get home. So we're going to find out a lot about this Broncos uh, defense, I think, against the Steelers here. This is a good matchup for the defense. The question is, can the offense do enough where they can help out the defense and, like, you know, not be totally overwhelmed. And I am very, I will say guys, we saw, you know, Teddy Bridgewater had a bad game. Drew Locke came in and played worse, um, slightly worse. And uh, I'm, I'm very concerned if dead Teddy can't go in this game, this is the type of game where you need your quarterback to not lose the game because the Broncos defense should be able to dictate some. I really am fearful of 
a turnover prone quarterback coming in and coughing the game away. I'd still, if, if Drew Locke wants to go, I want to see a quarterback get a full game, a full week of preparation as a starter, going in the game as a starter, and then starting the whole game before I'm yeah. going to, and even then, I'm not going to judge, just like you're ready to throw out the defense on this game, I'm not going to judge Drew Locke yeah. on this game. Um, the difference is, is you've got a lot more track record <laughs> with Drew Locke. You're like, well, Drew Locke hasn't changed. Well, if, if he has to go, let's let's see him as a start. It's it's tough to come in against a Baltimore yeah. Ravens team when, you know, they're you're especially if you're going to abandon the run, um, mm-hmm. and your offensive line isn't holding up. You know what the hell is he supposed to do? Yeah. Uh, Lawrence coming in with more stars. Appreciate you, Lawrence. He says defense oh, didn't play once they lose hope, and you've seen they lost hope when the coaches let that long play get over the top by play calling the wrong play. Um, there, there's a lot of that that goes on. Then, you know, the, it, the deep, the, the defense can only hold for so long that if they don't get picked up by the offense, they're going to break. And yeah. we've seen the other direction the last three weeks, close games, close games, close games. And all of a sudden the Broncos kick a field goal. The Broncos get a touchdown. Three nothing turns into six to nine to sixteen, and all of a sudden it's twenty seven, and this thing's out of reach. Um, it worked the other way this week, where the the offense was not helping out the defense at all, and they're eventually going to break. So that's a, that's a good comment. Appreciate you. Yeah, and uh, let's get to this from actually real quick. I wanted to say Clayton always coming in, super supportive. Um, says smash the like button, guys, mm-hmm. and also love the show, guys. Well. Thank you so much, Clayton. Hope you're having a good Tuesday and hope the week is treating you well so far. I know it's in the fledgling stage, but hopefully it's a good one for you. Uh, Robert Caslow also come in and saying, is Bridgewater not playing this week? I do not think we are going to find that out until we're closer. Um, Hopefully for Thursday's show, we'll have a better idea. No, and Robert, I, that's not what I meant. I wasn't making that that comment. I was just making that I'm not, I, as an outsider watching the Broncos, I'm not going to pass judgment on Drew Locke based on what I saw in the second half of that game. Um, I'll get closer to making an opinion if, if I were to see him playing a full game, uh, with this and, and hopefully, you know, getting some of his weapons back, getting some of these players back. And wouldn't it be fun to see a, a, at least a 90% team of, of Denver Broncos? Cause right now, uh, you know, what were down eight starters, eight out of 22, you know, that's about 60%. You're missing 40% of your team. I want to hit some Twitch guys. Twitch guys coming hey, in here. Twitch. Uh, Jay Wusu 989. So watching the end of the first half reminds me that Fangio is a defensive coordinator posing as a head coach. You know, there's something to be said to that. There's uh, there's not a ton of defensive guys. If you look at the, the balance of who gets the head coaching position, it's probably three to one offense. Now, some of the most successful guys in the history of this game were offward defensive guys, including Bill Belichick. But um, I don't. I don't plan for the anomaly. Um, and there, there's something to be said for that. And, and Stoltcone Tim coming in on Twitch too. Uh, more concerning is the way some of the offensive players acted when Locke came on. I didn't see any of that. I'm watching a condensed game. I'm watching just plays. So I was not able to see body language and that type of thing. Um, some of it, if we're trying to give benefit of the doubt, how about, you know, their concern for Teddy Bridgewater? Um, yeah. And, and it, it could have been anybody. It could have been a letdown that Teddy's out. And, and to your point, just put in any name there. It's it, more concerning is the way some of the offensive players came on when any backup quarterback came on after Bridgewater came out. It's, it's up to them as professionals to step up and support the guy that's coming in. And it, it might not have had anything to do with Drew Locke. 
It might have. Um, trying to trying to see both sides of that, but I, I get your point. Yeah, and I want to give a shout out to Zach Phillips here. Let's play a drinking game. Anytime Nick blames Locke, take a drink. Well, careful. Uh, I don't want you to get alcohol poisoning or too much caffeine. Uh, if you did the flip, if you get it, did the flip side of that, and and uh, and we did it with the mile high huddle and praising Locke and and blaming Drew. Good lord, you'd be blitzed all day long. Yeah, gosh. Um, did you see? Speaking of dunking on Locke, this is just me bringing up facts here. Something somebody said. No, not no interpretation here. Um, it was DJ Jones for the Bengals, um, who was the Broncos heavily pursued him two off seasons ago. And uh, he said, listen, they both offered me deals, but who do you want to go play with? You want to go play with Joe Burrow or Drew Locke? So, uh, I mean, it's not, I mean, is what it is. Um, But, uh, you know, I don't think that there's no, nobody believes in Drew Locke more than the people who uh, were pulling for him in the Broncos fandom. So um, I think also to circle back to your point, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I think it was much more about Teddy Bridgewater getting hurt and how much this team has rallied around Teddy, the person in that locker room and, the belief that they had in those first three games uh, after he played competent, good football. It was DJ reader, not DJ Jones. You're correct. Thank you so much uh, for the, the correction there um, uh, over on tw- uh, Twitter, stone cold Tim. Um, but uh, I think it's more so about Teddy Bridgewater and how much they like him, have rallied around him, his energy, et cetera, et cetera. And Deandre Witherspoon with a good comment here. Um, we'll get back to Dylan here. Teddy's energy is infectious and his leadership and, in, and intangibles is a big thing. And it very much is. So I think they were just like, you know, maybe they thought they had a chance with Teddy in there. He was rallying them at halftime or et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, then the concussion makes it a, uh, an issue for them. So I think it's probably as much about just being concerned about Teddy and just the way that the game was going in general. And, uh, you know, people are saying, Oh, here we go again. Well, <laughs> with the offense struggling and maybe everything going that way, it's, it's just everything kind of pointing that way. So unfortunate, well, but it, everything went against you in this game, you know, yeah. it's not going to be like that every week. Um, no. Coaching decisions, injuries, and, and the injuries are a big part of it. Yep. Um, it's, you know, Ronald Darby coming back. It's time to start getting – Jerry Judy's got to be getting close, right? Yep. Um, a couple weeks, you know, it's time to start getting some of these guys back yep. that aren't on season-ending injuries. Glasgow, hopefully he's going to be back soon because you know, right now he's he's a better option than than uh, than Muti at right guard. He just is. He yep. might not be great, and I certainly, I certainly think he's – that's the first name I'm circling when I'm the general manager on how to uh, manage the salary cap. I don't think you're going to see something happen with him at the end of the year with either a new deal or, or something. Yeah. Um, Cause he's certainly not playing like a top five guard, but he's getting paid top five guard money, but that's irrelevant for the season right now. You, you need yeah, him in this I team. He's a, he's a better player right now. Yeah, I agree. So the Broncos, hopefully we'll keep, uh, keep getting uh, healthier and uh, just one game. We'll, we'll circle back here on some final points. Um, Dylan Von Ark's coming in saying, make sure you hit that like button on the way in. Make sure you also, if you do it, if you haven't done it yet, do it on the way out. <laughs> also, if uh, that's Facebook and YouTube, also Facebook user, uh, keep the positivity. Uh, I just think we need a little bit of a uh, perspective on this game. And I tweeted it after the game was over. This was a stinker of a game. And I get a lot of people in the moment of the game are hyped up emotional because the gut reaction, you're fans, right? You're fans. This is you, you have an emotional investment and that's great, but I'm very much a, it's probably because my science and statistical analysis background where it's like, you know, bleep bloop, like robot. What's the bottom line here? It's one game. The Broncos were not going to go 17 to no this season. Um, we knew they had questions to answer and this was a test and the Broncos failed this test. Mm-hmm. You have, it's like, uh, circle. well, we'll make it an example like school because I was in college for freaking ever. Um, <laughs> you took a multiple like, you know, daily quizzes 
Um, and you know, you're doing great on those daily quizzes. They're not worth very much on your final grade, but they add up. And that was the Broncos first three games. And then you had your first big test in this game. Teacher handed it back face down to you. And you saw that you got a, a D let's say you got a D you're right now. And you have an, a D minus in the class or something because of that, whatever, or a C let's say a C cause the Broncos are still three and one, you know, your season's not sunk because you had one bad test. You have many tests to come where you can answer the questions and make it up. So uh, sorry to get the scholastic nerd um, example here for you guys. Uh, well, you, you can tell. tell Nick was a much better student than I was because I was the guy that showed up on the first day of class, picked up the syllabus, got zeros on homework and quizzes and A's on my tests the four days that I showed up in class and took my C and left. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, my, my mother is a teacher, so I did not have much of an option there, especially she was a teacher in the schools that I was at. So if I was doing that, she would know there's no hiding it. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, definitely something that you want to think about here. It's just one game. We got a lot of games to go. Hopefully this team will uh, respond and they're going to have to respond, right? Like there's no op option about that, that, how badly they played. There's new stuff on tape mm -hmm. that uh, Shermer, they're going to have to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, why did this happen this way? Why did it look this way? Hopefully they don't just excuse it away with the, you know, a rookie offensive line or young offensive line on the interior that hasn't worked together as a unit. Um, you also have a, uh, um, obviously bad games from the quarterback, but there were schematic stuff here that the Broncos are going to need to figure out what went wrong here because teams are going to try to mimic this against them going forward. And I, I like Jeremy's comment here. He's kind of echoing what you're saying. It was supposedly, supposedly a huge game. We didn't show up. How is a competitor? Do you let that happen? It happens. It, it happens. Uh, the momentum goes against you and the energy it, momentum to me is so crazy because there's, you can feel it. You can see it. You see it go back and forth, but you, you know it's there. It's like the force. You know, you know it's there, but there's no way to grab it. There's no way to grab hold of it and say, "Give me some of that momentum." Yeah. Uh, except to go out and take it. It's 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 just strange the mental aspect and how much the belief changes how people play. The mental aspect of this game, I think, it's fascinating. Um, but like you said, if they don't respond Sunday, I'm pretty worried. They have to. Hmm. Then it's time to get a little worried. You come out of this three and two not even three and two, I'm not even going to say a loss, but if you come out and play the same way and get dominated the way you dominated the other three teams, then, then, I'm, then I'm starting to have some concerns. So I, I agree with you. That's a good comment. Yep. A hundred percent. Um, we got it. Oh God, God bless you, Jetty coming in right now with the uh, super chat, man. You guys are starting to scare me a little bit. Uh, I'm going to have to <laughs> Chad. Oh, there goes the lights. No, um, uh, Jetty Splash coming with a $5 super. Thank you very much, Jetty. I said, no one is talking about our two guards being pushed around all day, leaving room for sacks and disrupting plays. What? Um, well, I feel like we've talked about that a good bit, actually, on this show today. I thought both of them were pretty good in the run game, and to go away from the run game when the game was still one, two possessions was a big mistake. Um, that was probably the biggest coaching failure. I mean, if you ask Shermer right now, why'd you go away from the run game? He's like, that was a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, but um, that was a that was a big issue, and hopefully, you'll get those guys at least one of those guys back healthy this week, um, and that'll help the offense look good. But also, I mean, the how much the interior cohesion and chemistry matters for a team that blitzes and uh, shows blitz and brings pressure from different areas. You know, somebody to the line and drops back, you have to have uh, really good communication and cohesion with that unit, and start popping in two new guards. That makes it so hard to do. So. And it's, and, it's and, and Nick, it's not just any two guards. It's Quinn Miners and, and Muti. What are their strengths? If you're going to say, what do I need to do to protect these guards? What, what is it? What, what are their strengths? They're people movers. Yep. Run block. 
Yep. Their their run blocking is their strengths. Forget the fact if if they're and, and it's probably always going to be their strengths. And yeah. forget the fact that they're young, and that's the best way to protect a young player is to to run. It was a it was a mistake, just flat out you, you, to giving up on the run too early. So um, I agree, and we can move on. We talked a little bit about him earlier, Jetty. That, that Glasgow coming back will make this a better offensive line because he's he's better than Moody right now. I know it, when you see somebody struggle, you say, "Man, I want the next guy." It's just natural. The, the old phrase: the most popular guy on the team is a backup quarterback. I I never blame a player for not being good enough. You know, it, that's that's not his fault. If Graham Glasgow is not good enough, is he still better than the guy behind him? Yeah, he is. Now it's up to me as a general manager to upgrade that position. And, and it's up to those guys to do the best they can and give the best effort and, and have the best attitude. If they're not good enough, that's up to me. That's up to me to, to either, one, protect them as a coach, or two, to get better at that position. And I promise you, with that price tag on Graham Glasgow right now, he's got a big red circle around his name, and he knows it. Yep, exactly. But thank you so much, Jetty. We appreciate you. Also, Air Mason coming in saying, best podcast. We appreciate that too, Air. Hopefully we're um, adding a little bit of levity to the the loss. And you know what makes Broncos country, or just any fan base, really toxic? It's if you're coming off of a season with a pretty harsh quarterback battle and a team then loses their first big test and both quarterbacks look bad. Everybody's upset. You know, there's no finger. Everybody's just mad at everything. So hopefully we'll get a little bit better. Um, And uh, Stone Cold coming in saying the backup on this team isn't that popular. Depends on who you ask. I would say Um, depends on the time of day. Depend, depends on depends on the time of day. Yep. But uh, guys, yeah, we got to start wrapping it up here. Um, also, it looks like my internet's saying I have one bar now. I don't know. What yeah, going. he just got the ding from his internet saying, okay, you've had enough. <laughs> oh, now two bars. We're good. Okay, let's keep... No, um, but guys, yeah, no, it's one game. Broncos lost. We still have, what is it, 13 more games to go this season. Broncos are three and one. Um, they took care of business in those first three games. They didn't look pretty in this game. Um, but hopefully you're going to start to see you guys getting healthier on here. So you're not going to play games six and seven. No, seven and six. Yep. Seven and six, seven and six gets you 10 and seven. Yep, absolutely. Um, but I think that this team, this was a wake up call and unfortunate uh, that how this game felt uh, similar to years past, but the Broncos in this game out schemed, outclassed, outplayed, outcoached, out press conference, whatever you want to say. Yeah, this, this was a game that was bad. Um, but it was one game against a team that the Ravens this, they've always had this in them. They haven't shown this on tape yet this season, as far as playing this good. Um, but, uh, they showed it in this game. They played to their full potential, especially with Lamar throwing like he did. Um, sometimes you tip your cap and the other team beats you. This Broncos team was nobody, th- at least, I mean, people were feeling pretty high after the three and zero start, but coming into the season, what do we say? Fringe playoff team. Hopefully it gets in tough AFC West. We're right in the same spot. And the Broncos took care of business in those first three games. You lost to the Ravens. Now you go to Pittsburgh against a team that has the worst offensive line in football, a quarterback who can't throw it past the sticks very often. Um, can the Broncos offense do enough to not get in the way of the Broncos defense uh, pinning their ears back? We'll so see. Nick, we're back on tonight and I don't think Carl's back yet. So it's probably no. going to be me again. Sorry. Sorry. I like the line from 51st, 51st state. Sorry. I'm not better looking. Um, but, uh, I'm going to go back and I want to, I want to dig up our archive Broncos for breakfast where we did our season predictions, because I'm not sure I had the Broncos even going three and one at this point. And this was going to be a, I think I had a losing record after seven games and then the schedule eases up and you start piling on some wins. So again, hindsight's 2020, but 
three and one after the first month of the season. The last one stings a little bit, but as as has been said several times today, got it. We need to see a response. We yep. need to see a response from the professionals against Pittsburgh. They're beatable. Yep. Uh, blood in the water for both teams right now, but uh, let's see who's the uh, the better predator on defense. And hopefully the Broncos begin a little healthier on that offensive line will make a difference. And hopefully if the Steelers try to replicate and they are a very good front seven team, probably more talented than the uh, Ravens front seven on their own, not as blitz happy as Ravens, but hopefully the Broncos can get that run game going again and not abandon in this one. Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, but guys, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Um, you guys are amazing. Falling slots saying make sure to drop a like before you go today. Uh, Michael Ronquillo coming back in. Great show today on Broncos for Breakfast. Go Broncos. Um, obviously, we also got uh, Dylan Barnarks saying great conversation. As always, everyone, make sure you hit that like button on the way out. A little bit goes a long way. And thank you for everybody who did the uh, stars and super chats and whatnot, as well as a little bit of a slower day today. I like to, I'm going to start doing that when uh turning off the lights when uh Start dimming the lights yeah hopefully uh but no we appreciate everybody who came in um and did that uh make sure you guys are following scott and myself on twitter scott at scout kennedy and myself at nick kendall mhh also follow us at huddle up pod and mile high huddle on facebook go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod to join the community like subscribe and share oh my dog jumping around the kennel there uh subscribe like and share um, if you guys are uh, on YouTube today and also go over to Scott's channel, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy, where we're going to be talking about the uh, Falcons tomorrow and Cordero Patterson's uh, big game uh, for them on my bench in fantasy. Speaking I still of not knowing how to use your best player. Yeah. Yeah. 30 you points, and the Falcons. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for joining today. Um, hopefully the Broncos will get healthier. Hopefully you guys have a good rest of your week and uh, you know, put that game behind you. If you go the next uh, season, um, what is it? Now, I know it's a 17 game schedule now, but I think I always enjoyed the mentality of, you know, you cut the season into four quarters. Broncos went three and one in that first slightly under a quarter. If you do that, if you keep replicating that or even go two and two a couple of these times coming up, you're going to be fine. That's three and 500 the playoff team. Yep. hundred percent. So uh, hopefully we'll get better guys. Uh, we had a little bit of bitter reality, but you know, on to the next one. Um, shout out to Dave coming in here late uh, saying technical tip difficulties. Cheers. Um, I need to go get some more coffee because uh, yesterday I took a day off and through hiked the uh, enchantments in uh, Washington, which was 20.5 miles and 5.5 K elevation gain. So I am absolutely beat. Uh, my legs are dead. I'm actually in a wheelchair, um, but uh, no, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Um, love y'all. Scott, what's going on the rest of the day for you? Uh, I'm reading Mo. I mean, Morons. There's no quarter we play three fifth, three of the five NFL's worst teams. So you got to get better. Mm-hmm. Yep. You dominated those three. So you got to play better than you did against the Ravens. So I agree. It's, it's not going to get any easier. Uh, so get better, get healthy, and do all those things. Today, international break. I hate international breaks. I usually watch soccer in the middle of the day. So I got to figure out what I'm going to do. And with all this rain, probably means I'm going to go hit a treadmill somewhere to, to get, in my, get in my work. Maybe it's time for some uh, some college tape. Starting to get the, the draft prospects Maybe. in line here. You know, and of course, I also heard Liverpool-Manchester City was the best game of the year, so I might watch that one too, the second half of that one. That's what, beauty. You might say soccer is boring. Yeah, but it's only boring for like 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's two minutes of an NBA game, you know, so the yeah. clock's running, so it's it's, it's nice. So yeah, we'll see. Sure. Um, probably going to watch – I'll probably watch a little Pittsburgh Steelers to get ready and 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 watch – re-watch – Ravens, uh, Denver, 
I want to see Drew Locke a little bit more in mm-hmm. case he has to play because we'll be back tonight. We got we got a lot more to talk about. Yep. Absolutely. Well, we'll see you guys tonight at six o'clock mountain time. But until then, stay safe. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.